Hey, welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and to trust Him more. To keep up with us or to get more information, visit CelebrationChurchLive.com. Hey, y'all ready to dive into the Word today? I'm ready to get to work. Let's just dive in. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 37. You can start turning there. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, it should be on the screen or you can get your Bible app on your phone, whatever. But we're gonna be talking about Joseph today. And I I don't have time to share his entire life story. I wish I did. He's one of my favorite uh, figures, characters in the Bible. But Joseph is the grandson of Abraham. So if you don't know much about the Bible, you probably heard of Abraham. Uh, Abraham had many sons and father. You know, you ever heard that song before? Father Abraham, few of you. Okay, a few of you went to Sunday school. All right, I was there. Get your gold star, get your piece of candy at the end of the the day. Um, But Father Abraham, Abraham had several sons, and Jacob is Joseph's father, and uh, his name was changed by God to Israel. Obviously, you've heard of Israel. You've probably heard of the tribes of Israel, and those are Joseph's brothers. So you hear about Judah and Benjamin and Dan and all these different tribes. So it kind of an important figure, has a lot going on in his life, but that's not why I love him. Why I love him is because Joseph went through some stuff. Anybody been through some stuff before? I like to say he lived some life. He went through some hard times, some struggles, but God had a calling for his life, had a destiny for his life. And if you're in here today, I don't have to know you, but I can tell you this, that God has a plan for your life, that he has a destiny for your life, that he has a vision for your life. So no matter where you're at today, God has a plan for you, just like he had a plan for Joseph. And I know we've been in this series, uh, Pastor Brandon and the team have been talking about uh, these different thoughts that we have. And so I, I wanna talk to you a little bit about a dream today. A dream is a little bit like a thought, so we're gonna dive into that in just a few moments. But Genesis chapter 37, starting in verse three. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. All right, we're starting out real hot right now. Come on, favorite child, little spoiled, because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. And he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There they were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. All y'all bowed down to me. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? We have any older siblings in here? Your, your younger sibling tried to be the boss when you were younger. You're like, you think you're the boss. You think you're in charge. I'm gonna tell you something. You shall indeed reign over us or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream. This isn't my message, but I just had to share this with somebody today. You need to dream again. You had a dream one time. You had a vision one time. You had a relationship one time, a business one time, and maybe it didn't work out. Maybe people talked bad about you. They rejected you, and you've been scared to dream again. You've been scared to open yourself up to that again, and God just wants to encourage you. Even if people rejected you, even if they hated you for your dream, you need to dream again. Come on, somebody say, dream again. So he had another dream and told it to his brothers. 
and said, look, I've dreamed another dream. This time the sun, okay, we're taking it up a level. We're getting real crazy now. The sun, the moon, and the, the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers and his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come down, uh, bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now I wanna skip 13 years to Genesis chapter 41. If you didn't get your Bible reading this week, we're gonna catch you up today. Genesis chapter 41, verse 39 says, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Again, this is 13 years later, Pharaoh, the emperor of Egypt, the most powerful nation in the world at that time, it would have been like the United States, Russia and China all being one empire, one kingdom. Pharaoh said to Joseph, in as much as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off of his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. And he clothed them in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he made him ride in the second chariot, which he had. And then they cried before him. All of Egypt cried before him, bow the knee. So he set him, Pharaoh set him over all the land of Egypt. Now this sounds pretty great, right? Like you have a dream, skip ahead. Come on, we're gonna skip a few episodes and then the dream comes true. How many of you seen that movie uh, where he has the remote control and he can fast forward through his life. So, you know, when life gets boring, when life gets hard, we can just kind of fast forward. And that, that's nice when we read the Bible, we're like, oh man, that was just a few chapters. That was no big deal. But it was 13 years between when he had the dream and he actually saw the dream come to pass. And in between those two dreams was a lot of stuff, was a lot of life. And so it seems really easy and it would be, easy to look at, man, he's, he's second in command and isn't this so great? And look at the blessing and look at all the incredible things that he got and look at the gold chain and the chariot and all this stuff. But what I wanna focus on is what happened in between the dreams. Because if we're honest, most of us, really all of us, we live a lot of our life, most of our life in between. Most of our life is not the first day on the job, but it's also not our retirement day. It's not our first day in school, but it's also not our graduation day. It's not the first time we meet our spouse, and it's also not the last time we're with our spouse. A lot of life is in between. And if we don't learn how to respond and live in the in-between, we may never see our dream. And so I wanna encourage those of you that are in the in-between right now where you feel like you have been cheated, you feel like you've been forgotten, you feel like God has left you, God has abandoned you, God has not forgotten about you. You're just in between. Come on, look at somebody and say, in between the dream. In between the dream. Let's pray over the word today. Dear Lord, I pray that you would bless this word. Help it not to be my words, but to be yours. Help us to receive from your spirit today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen, amen. Most of life is between. It's not the day you get the business idea, and it's also not the day when you sell the business. It's in between. It's the hard days. I found that most of life feels like a Tuesday. 
I don't know about you, Mondays aren't that bad for me because Monday you kind of still have the remnant from the weekend. But Tuesday, there's so much week left and the weekend feels so far away. Most of life feels like a Tuesday to me. And I just gotta show up and it's not working out. And God, why do I feel like I'm getting farther away from my dream? I'm not even getting closer. I'm actually getting farther away. I think this is how Joseph felt because he had this dream, but quickly the dream went from a dream to a nightmare. Have you ever had something that you thought was your dream and then you realized it was a nightmare? Don't look at your spouse right now. Don't look at them. Just stone, I see you, sir, just straight face. Just lock eyes, straight, straight face. But maybe you got that vehicle that's been your dream vehicle since you were a child and then about six, seven months into those high payments and insurance, you're like, whoo, this has kind of become my nightmare. Or you, you get that, that dream home and then you realize with those payments, you're, you're kind of cash poor and you can't do anything else except sit in your house. You're like, hey, our vacation is just living in this house. This is, this is our dream. The dream has become a nightmare though. And those things seem kind of silly, but for Joseph, it was literally a nightmare because after he shared these dreams with his brother, with his family, his, dream, his, his brothers got so jealous that they ended up faking his death they were actually going to kill him, but they were like, we don't want that sin on our hands. So they faked his death and they told their father, hey, he got killed by an animal. And they actually sold Joseph into slave traders uh, or sold him to slave traders that took him to Egypt. Now you have to understand for this culture, not only have you been rejected by your family, not only have you been abandoned by your brothers, not only do your parents think you're dead, not only are you now a slave, even though in, in this culture, he would have been a pretty affluent guy from this family. Uh, he, he would have had quite a, a lot of stuff. Now he's a slave. Not only all that, he's going to Egypt. And if you've read anything about the Bible, Israel and Egypt do not get along well. Egypt is where all the idols are. That's where all the bad people are. It's a different culture. It's a different language. So everything has been stripped from him, it seems. His family, his, his dreams, his inheritance, and now he's sold into slavery. He, he's been rejected. And I don't know about you, but there's been many times in my life where I have felt rejection. God, why did you allow me to get rejected by those people, my, my own family, people that I thought were my close friends, who, whoever it is in your life, maybe a boss, maybe a mentor, maybe a, a teacher, but someone rejected you and you're like, God, how did I go from dreaming this big dream to it being completely shattered and now it's a nightmare? I, I wanna encourage you, I felt like God spoke this to me, in order to enjoy the dream you have to endure the nightmare. In order to enjoy the dream, you have to endure the nightmare. You have to endure some pain. You have to endure some things that, that yes, your, your dream gives you hope for the future, but it's real tough right now. So he was rejected by his own friends, by his own family. And I've found in my own life, and maybe you found this in your life, that when I am rejected by people, I often feel rejected by God. That if those people don't love me, if they don't accept me, if they don't accept the, the vision that God has given me, the dream that God has given me, then God must be rejecting me as well. God must not believe in me as well. If I can't even convince my own family, how am I gonna convince anybody else? And so we're rejected by people, but we feel rejected by God. 
Here's the thing though, are you going to allow your identity to be defined by what people say about you or by what God says about you? Because God said that Joseph was gonna be a ruler, that Joseph was gonna have influence, that he was gonna have power. And even if Joseph was immature and even if he was prideful in the moment, God said that that was gonna happen. So his brother said it wasn't gonna happen. Who are you gonna believe? The Bible says, let God be true and every man be a liar. It doesn't matter what the world says about me. It doesn't matter what the culture says about me. If God said it, it's true. Come on, I've said this before, but if God said it, if it's in the word of God, I believe it. It it, it doesn't have to be a discussion. It doesn't have to say, well, I I don't really know if I agree. No, if God said it, I believe it. Have you ever heard this before that God is not a liar? I I thought about this recently that it's not that God couldn't say something that isn't true right now because God is sovereign. I, I, I think what that means is, is if God said it, even though it wasn't true right now, as soon as he said it, it would become truth because there was no light. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. There was no stars. And God said, let there be stars. Let there be man. So if God said it, you need to believe it. Don't worry about what people say about you. Because people are going to look at your outward appearance. People are going to look at your experience. They're going to look at what you've been through, what degrees you have, what accolades you have. But Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 16, where uh, Samuel is going to anoint David, we read that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. So if God has said it about you, you need to believe God, not what people say. But here's what, what, what hit me when I was reading this. We need to be careful not to confuse people's rejection and God's redirection. We need to be careful not to confuse rejection and redirection because God needed Joseph to get out of his father's house. Some of you are like, that's amen. Is my son listening to this right now? Can I send him the podcast? God needed Joseph to leave because what we're gonna read and get into in a little bit later is the reason Joseph had this dream is because there was a famine coming. And Joseph was instrumental in making sure that not only his own family didn't die, but that the entire region, the entire area didn't pass away from a lack of food. And and if God had not drawn him out of his home, he wouldn't have been in the position to do and take care of his family when that famine came. So sometimes God will push you out and it'll feel like a rejection from a person, but it's actually redirection from God. Maybe you needed to lose that job. Whew. I heard a man tell me one time, he said, I've been laid off four times and every time it's been a promotion. But he would have never left that job until he was forced to. Come on, some of you, that person needed to break up with you. Because they're not the person that God has for you. And if it was up to you, you would have gotten comfortable and you would have stayed with them. And God said, I'm gonna have to allow them to reject you a little bit so I can redirect you the path that I have for you. So don't confuse people's rejection and God's redirection. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on the plan that God has for your life. When you go through heartache, when you go through hard times, you can't give up on what God has for you. That's why you have to have a vision for your life. 
You can say a vision, you can say a dream, you can say a destiny, kind of all mean the same thing in this context that I'm talking about. You have to have something that you're going for because your current situation isn't always gonna look like the vision you have. Most of the time in the in-between, the in-between does not look like the dream. The in-between does not look like the promise God has given you. The in-between doesn't look like what you put down in your prayer journal. The in-between doesn't look like what's on your vision board, but you have to rely on the vision that God has given you. I I don't respond and react based on my current view. I I respond and react based on the vision that God's given me. That's the difference between sight and vision. Sight is what I see with my eyes open, Vision is what I see with my eyes closed. So your eyes open, it may feel like everything's falling apart and you're negative in the bank account and and you don't even have your degree and you you can't even hold a job, but God's given you a vision that you're gonna be a kingdom business person that's gonna be able to help other people get jobs and you're gonna be able to fund ministries and missionaries and you're like, God, my view doesn't line up with the vision that you've given me. You need to make sure that you trust the vision, not your view. Trust the vision, not your view. So he's sold into slavery, and when he gets to Egypt, he's purchased by a man named Potiphar. And Potiphar is the captain of Pharaoh's guard, so kind of like the secret service. He's, he's the security detail. Uh, pretty prominent guy, would have had a lot of access to Pharaoh, would have had a lot of access to the high and mighty in Egypt. And, and, and he's purchased by this very important person, and Potiphar quickly realized that there's something special about Joseph. And the Bible even tells us in Genesis chapter 39, the Lord was with Joseph. I don't know about you, but I I want that to be said of me. The Lord was with Alex. Even if I don't do anything else, I want people to know the Lord was with me. It says he was a successful man and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him. Even in a pagan culture, even though this, this, this Potiphar, this leader of the guard would have been a, a, a polytheistic God, and even though he would have worshiped idols, he noticed that there's something different about Joseph. There's something different about his God. And the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house And all he had, he put under his authority. Now, this kind of looks a little bit like the dream. All right, God, we're making it somewhere. See, I knew knew people were gonna be under my authority. I knew I was gonna boss people around a little bit. But, but, But I want you to notice a few things. It said he served him. He served him and he took care of his household. How many of us, let's be honest with ourselves, if we had had everything stripped from us, And if we were not even able to have our own freedom, we were owned by someone else, how many of us would have a good attitude and serve that person and make sure that they prosper even though you're not prospering? That's a tough question. (laughs) Got real quiet. But Joseph said, I'm gonna make sure that wherever God puts me, I'm gonna do all I can. And, and, And that's hard for us because Maybe you have a boss that doesn't treat you right. Maybe, maybe you're even a family, maybe you're a young person here and your family, maybe they don't treat you the way they should. Maybe your home life isn't that good. But there's something about serving 
as unto the Lord. Colossians tells us, whatever you do. And I looked that up in the Greek. It means whatever. (laughs) It doesn't just mean whatever in parentheses when you read the Bible and when you worship. Do it unto the Lord. No, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not to men, not to Potiphar, not to, to these people over here that are trying to control you. No, do it as if you're doing it unto the Lord because here's what's happening. You're not just in this house just to serve and to help Potiphar. You're in this house to learn. You're in this house to develop because before you can manage a kingdom, you have to learn how to manage a household. Before you can own the business, you need to learn how to show up on time. (laughs) Come on, before you can lead a family, you need to learn how to lead yourself. Before you can manage the budget for the ministry, you need to learn how to manage your own budget. And, And I'm not saying that to demean anyone. I'm just saying there are things that you have to develop in. I know that's kind of like the D word. It's kind of a little scary. And this one's even worse. There's things that you need to get disciplined in. We we make discipleship such like like a churchy, like biblical word. I just want some discipleship. Okay, so you want me to get you disciplined? You literally want me to do the thing that everyone in our culture hates? You want to get disciplined? Okay, great. Let's do it. Let's do it. But you need to grow. You need to develop because hell is banking on the fact that you quit when you need to be developing. When times get tough, when times get hard, when you don't know what you're supposed to do, when you're overwhelmed, when you're stretched too thin, hell is banking on the fact that that's gonna destroy you. But heaven is banking on the fact that it's gonna develop you. What the enemy sent for evil, God is gonna turn it around for your good. God, that this is not gonna destroy me, this is gonna develop me, this is gonna grow me. Because you have to have character for where God is taking you. You, you. you have to have integrity for where God is taking you. If the devil can't get in front of you and stop you, he'll get behind you and push you. Because he would love for you to get a spotlight on you when you're not ready and it all blow up in your face. I, I think I've heard Christine Kane, uh, the quote from her where she said, I pray that the spotlight that is on me is never greater than the spotlight that is in me. I pray that the people that are looking at me and the, the accolades and the, 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 the notoriety and the position and the, 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 the pay scale, I hope that is never greater than what is on inside of me. Because if it is, you'll start to compromise so you can keep that. So if you don't develop character right now, when you do get that position, when you do get that raise, When you do get that relationship, it'll be much easier for you to compromise because you haven't developed. And that's exactly what happens with Joseph. Joseph catches the eye of Potiphar's wife. And uh, as uh, Pastor Krista said, you know, slide into the DMs or, you know, hit him up or sneaky link. Uh, You know, if this was YA, I would say some other things. I'm having to tone myself down a little bit right now. But she thought he was good looking and essentially, I mean, it's all in the Bible. You can read it. Basically just went up and was like, hey, you, me, there's the bedroom. Let's go. Like, this is what I want. And, and what you have to understand, is you, you got to study the Bible. In this culture, she, she was his master. She owned him. It would not have been a big deal if Joseph would have given in to her request. And she came back to him over and over and over And she was thinking about it in the Egyptian mindset, but he remembered who his family was. 
Oh, I, I just received that right now. You need to remember who your family is. You need to remember who your father is. When you go out in the world and it seems like everybody else is living a certain way and it's okay for all of them to do that, you need to remember where you came from. Yes, you may have been a long time ago. You, you got sold, you got rejected by your family, but Joseph had not forgotten the way he was raised. He had not forgotten God's promise to Abraham that he would be blessed and multiplied and be the father of many nations. He had not forgotten his heritage. And so even though she kept propositioning him over and over, he kept rejecting her. He kept his character. He kept his integrity. But it didn't work out for him. Because wouldn't we like to hear the story of like, she came to him and then Potiphar brought him to the side and was like, hey, bro, that was actually a test. And uh, you passed the test. You're gonna get a raise. I'm gonna give you an extra $5,000 this month. That was just a test. No, it wasn't. It, it was a test from the devil, <laughs> He didn't get anything. In fact, his life actually got worse. Is that okay to preach in the Bible that or in church that sometimes when you follow Jesus, your life actually might get worse? Because when, when he doesn't engage in those acts with her, she rips off his coat, begins screaming for the guards and accuses him of sexually assaulting her. So not only... Would it have been better for him if he would have done this with her? Now he's actually going to a lower place. But he wasn't going to give up his character. He wasn't going to compromise on what God had called him to do. He had character. He had integrity. The conviction of your dream has to be stronger than the temptation of compromise. The conviction of your dream, whatever your dream is, whatever God has placed inside of you, the, the, the dreams that are in here for every believer, the life of every believer, that conviction has to be stronger than the temptations of the world. The, the, the conviction and the dream that I have for me and Hannah to be married all the days of our life and for us to be old and sitting on the rocking chairs on our porch drinking coffee in the morning, that conviction has to be stronger than any temptation that comes into my life. So his conviction, his character was stronger than the temptation. Even though he'd already dealt with rejection, I just, I, I just gotta go into this. Can you imagine, he'd been rejected by his family. He'd been rejected by everybody he knew. And now this prominent woman, probably this beautiful woman was showing him some attention. Man, I just, nobody else loves me the way they do. Nobody else treats me the way they do. Just because it's the person that's showing you attention, just because it's the person that is making you feel good about yourself does not mean it's from God, does not mean it's what God has for you. So you have to push aside the rejection, push aside what's, and say, no, I'm standing to my convictions. Come on, you can have my coat, but you're not gonna take my character. You can have my coat, and let me, let me break it down for you. You can have my coat, you can have my title, you can have my job, you can have the only security that I have because he was a slave. All, for all he knew when he rejected her, he was going to, to the death sentence. That's all he knew, but he said, you can take it all from me. You can take my coat, you can take my name, you can take my bank account, you can take it all, but you can't take my character. Because even though I'm in between, I have a dream in my heart. I have something that God has given me and I will not give up. I will not be destroyed in, the, in between. I will not be destroyed in between my dreams. Yeah. So he's accused and 
they don't kill him, but he's thrown into prison. So he went from kind of, okay, I was, I was in the, the pit, I was a slave, and then I kind of got some notoriety. Okay, God, this is going good. Now I'm in prison. What are you trying to do right now, God? Why, why are you trying to mess with me? Why are you taking me up and down? Up, what, what's going on right now? He's, he's in prison. And again, just like Potiphar saw God's hand on Joseph's life, the, the, the prison warden saw that Joseph was skilled. And so he made Joseph the, the, the ruler, the leader of the entire prison. And it said that it prospered and God's hand was on him and he had favor even though he was in prison. See, this is the thing you have to understand about God. If God's hand is on you, it doesn't matter where you go. You can take me through the valley of the shadow of death, but I will fear no evil for thy rod, thy staff, it comforts me. If God is for me, who can be against me? So it doesn't matter where you take me, I'm gonna do it as unto the Lord. I'm gonna develop, I'm gonna grow because I'm just in between. Come on, look at somebody say, I'm just in between. Sometimes I have to tell myself that. I'm like, this is not the end. This is God has not left me here. This is not where I'm gonna be forever. I'm just in between right now. I'm just in between right now. So he's in the prison. And, and I started to think about this. What was the point of the prison? And I think there was a couple things. But the first thing was, I realized that in prison, he had to learn to be resourceful. Because this was not the Texas Department of Corrections here. They were not having food trucks pull up every day, every week. They didn't have this system for sanitation. They didn't have all that stuff. So whoever was over the prison, they were having to figure out the food. They were having to figure out how to keep these people that don't like these people, keep them separated, make sure they're not on the yard at the same time. Like we, we gotta figure these things out. And Joseph was doing that. Now, why would he have to figure that out? Why would he have to be resourceful? Because I don't know if you've ever met anybody that's been to prison. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you've been to prison, but I have some friends that have been to prison, and they are some resourceful people. You give them a pack of Doritos and some Oreos, and they can make an iPhone out of that. They can make, you think I'm lying. You've seen that old show MacGyver. I'm pretty sure the person that wrote that went to prison at some point because they can figure it out. And Joseph had to learn how to figure it out because in just a few years, there was a famine coming to the land that he was gonna have to figure out how do we feed all these people when we don't have enough food? How, how, how do we clean things and have sanitation when there's no rain, when there's no water coming? How, how do I protect the people? Okay, the people over here have the food and those people don't have food and the people that don't have the food are about to beat up the people that do. How do I protect these people? Oh, I learned it in prison. Where'd you get your degree? In prison. He was getting experience. He was learning, he was growing, he was developing. And I said this in the first service, if you're in here and you're someone that has been incarcerated, I work with several people that have felonies and it prevents them from doing certain things in society. But I just wanna encourage you, don't allow the devil to tell you that because you got locked up, that God is gonna keep you from all that he has called you to do. Some of the greatest men and women of God that I know have a past, they've been in prison multiple times maybe, but they got saved, they got on fire for God and now many of them are turning the world upside down. They're helping other people. So don't allow the enemy to give you that lie. Don't believe that lie that just because you went through something like that, that that is going to be all you're defined by. No, God defines you. A prison number doesn't define you. An inmate number doesn't define you. God defines you. So he went to prison. He learned how to be resourceful. But then he also met, met two men 
a baker and a cupbearer to the king, and they also had some dreams. Many times your dream, the key to your dream, will be helping unlock someone else's dream. You understanding what God has called you to do is actually gonna be unlocked by you helping someone else understand what God has called them to do. So the cupbearer and the baker come and the baker's dream wasn't really that good. It was that he was gonna be beheaded. That was kind of a crazy one. We're not gonna talk about that one. Uh, it did come true, but it's just not very encouraging. Um, but the cupbearer had a dream and, and Joseph said, you're gonna be restored back as the cupbearer to the Pharaoh. And when you get restored, don't forget about me. I'm, I'm not asking for anything. I'm not charging you to interpret this dream. Just don't forget about me. Well, guess what this old dude did? Forgot about him. <laughs> and two years go by. God, I, th I thought that was the connection. I thought that was the moment. I thought that interview was the one. I, 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 thought, I thought that application letter was the one. I thought I was finally gonna get out of this situation. I was so close and I got forgotten about again. And I don't know why it took two years. We don't really know. It just skips ahead in the story. Maybe Joseph needed to develop more, but eventually Pharaoh has a dream. And this is where I talk about the two, two dreams between the dream, between Joseph's dream and Pharaoh's dream. Because Pharaoh has a dream and it scares him. And he gets all of his false prophets and all of the, 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 uh, the false idol worshipers and the witches and warlocks and all these different people. And none of them can interpret the dream. And then finally, the cupbearer, uh, which if you don't know a cupbearer, they would taste the wine and that sort of thing before the king drank it, before the Pharaoh drank it. Talk about an anxiety riddled job. Like every day you show up, I may die today just by taking a little drink. Thanks, this is great. But the cupbearer's like, oh, Pharaoh, I, I know a guy. You have a friend like that, they always know a guy. Like, I know a guy. Let me look back through my text. I think, yeah, he's in prison. Yeah, but he's, you know, he's not, it's not that bad prison. You know, he's, just, he's not that crazy. Like, yeah, he's, but, but let's get him here. And so they get him here and Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dream. And that's where we read the story in Genesis chapter 41, where Pharaoh makes him second in command over all of Egypt. So at this point, he's been through a lot. There's been a lot of in-between. God, why did I have to go through all the in-between? I think for a couple reasons. One, when he showed up to interpret Pharaoh's dream, now he didn't just have a dream, he had a resume. Because he said, oh yeah, you know, you know Potiphar? Yeah, I was the boss over there. Oh yeah, you know your, your royal prison? Yeah, I was the boss over there. Oh, you need me to interpret some dreams? Yeah, well, I interpreted those dreams. This, your dream's nothing. Because I've, I've already been through this. It may look different. It may be at a bigger scale. But I've already conquered those giants. Just like David, when he went to fight Goliath, he's like, I'm not scared of Goliath. I've already fought the lion and the bear. Why would I be scared of this uncircumcised Philistine who's coming against the armies of the Lord? Why would I be scared of this? I've already been through so much. This is going to be a cakewalk. He had a resume. He had something that he had built, that he had been developed. And he became the person that Pharaoh needed. Because God was developing him to be a solution to a problem. Your, your dream is always going to be the solution to someone's problem. You're always going to be serving someone, ministering to someone. Anybody that has a business can tell you that the businesses that succeed, it's because they solve a problem. 
It's not because of the greatest marketing. It's maybe not even because of the greatest product. It's because they solve a problem. It's the same for your dream. It's the same for your ministry. You're gonna solve someone's problem. So he becomes second in command of all of Egypt. He's, he's leading and he's, he's under the command of Pharaoh. And so he's connected. I, I, let me just say this real quick and we're gonna close in just a moment that his convictions, when he was in prison, his convictions led him to connections. His convictions, even though he went to prison, it still led him to the right person that he was supposed to connect with. It still led him to the right person that was gonna unlock his future. So Pharaoh makes him second in command of all of Egypt. But the dream wouldn't have come true if he would have quit in the middle, if he would have given up in between. The ability to live the dream is determined by how you live in between. Your ability to live the dream is determined by how you live in between. Single people, you have a dream to get married one day. Well, your marriage is not gonna be 100%, but it's gonna be a, a big part is gonna be dependent on how you live right now, how you live in between. Some of you, you wanna get a, a, a certain job when you graduate from college and, and you getting that job, you getting that position is gonna be determined by a large part of how you live right now. Are, are you gonna you know, not worry about things? Are you gonna not worry about grades? Are you gonna study? Are you gonna stay disciplined? Are you gonna develop? There's so many ways that we can apply this, but your dream is gonna be determined by how you live in between. I'm closing, you can stand with me. And the dream is important because many times when we read this scripture, it seems kind of almost self-centered. Okay, like Joseph, you're a big deal now. You got your ring, you got your chain, you got your robe, you got your fancy chariot, you know what, okay, you're a big deal now. But the, it wasn't really about Joseph. The dream was about him saving Egypt and even saving his family. Because if you read the story, and I wanna encourage you, go back, read it. It's, it's several chapters. I didn't have enough time to read it all today, but there's seven years of harvest of plenty, and then there's seven years of famine. And after a couple years of that famine, just like would probably happen in our world today, the people that run out of food find out that Egypt has food. So you go where the food is. And they start helping even foreigners and different things because Joseph has been a wise steward and he's made sure that they budgeted and that they kept things to where they had plenty left over. And one day, the same brothers that beat him up, that rejected him, they showed up asking for food. And because it had been about 13 or over 13 years, they didn't recognize Joseph. Now he went by an Egyptian name. He would have looked different. He would have matured. He would have dressed different. He would have been speaking in a different language. And they didn't notice him at first. And when he saw them at first, he was kind of angry, but his heart broke and he revealed, I'm Joseph, I'm your brother. I, I, I love you. I wanna make sure that you have food. Is, is my father still alive? How's the family? Then? How's mama and them? You know, how, how are things going back home? And his brothers get really scared because they're like, okay, we rejected this guy. We sold him into slavery. We've done some bad things to him. Now he's the one in power. He's the one that's got the muscle behind him now. He's probably gonna do that same thing to us. But that's not what Joseph does because the dream isn't about us. 
The dream isn't about us. It's not about what we can do and who we can be and people knowing us and even people bowing down to us. That was just a tool that God used. It wasn't about how great Joseph was. It was about how great God was because Joseph would have never gotten there if it wasn't for God. And this is what it says in Genesis chapter 45. Joseph tells his brothers, don't be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, but God sent me here. You sold me here, but God sent me here. There's some of you that just need to be encouraged today that whatever has happened in your life, maybe you're still blaming someone from years ago. You're blaming a teacher. You're blaming a boss. You're blaming parents. You're blaming a failed relationship. And, and I'm not trying to negate the, heart, the hurt and the harm. Please don't misunderstand. But I'm just trying to get you to understand what if the rejection was a redirection? And what if God knew I have to get, I have to send Joseph to 20 years or around 20 years ahead of time. I've got to send him out ahead of time so that he can be ready for when I need him. See, we're not on God's timeline. Maybe we think we're behind. Usually we never think we're ahead, but sometimes we think God's behind us. God, catch up to us. God, when are you going to make it work in my timing? But God's timing is always perfect. And not only was Joseph able to save his family, but he was able to save all of Egypt and the surrounding areas because he didn't allow the in-between to kill him. He didn't allow the in-between to crush him. He did not get discouraged and destroyed in the in-between. He said, I'm going to allow this to develop me. I'm going to allow this to build me, and I will not give up in-between. Would you bow your heads with me? They sold me, but God sent me. No matter what the circumstances look like, no matter what you're going through today, I just want to encourage you that God is with you, that his hand is upon you, that you have access to favor, that you have access to blessing. Maybe you're going back to a job tomorrow where you're not treated right, you're not treated well. Remember what God, do it, what God's word says, do it heartily as unto the Lord. Because you don't know who's watching. You don't know the connection that's about to be made. And so I want to say a prayer over all of us today and then after I pray that prayer, I want to give opportunity to people to respond to the grace of God. So dear Lord, every person in this room, I pray every person watching online that we would know that you have not abandoned us. You have not forgotten about us. Lord, that you are with us. You are developing us. You are shaping us. God, that you have our back, that your hand is upon us, that we will not die in between, God. We will not die in between our dreams, that you are for us and not against us. Encourage every person in this room today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message from Celebration Church. You can keep up with all that God is doing here at Celebration by following us on Facebook and Instagram.